1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. Well, I'll try to keep things on site tonight. The Eastern conference final is about to begin. It's the Tampa Bay lightning and the New York Rangers. They'll face off in a few minutes. Of course, we will keep you updated. Furnace family Oilers hockey tomorrow. Face off show at four game at six game two between the Oilers and the Avalanche. Plenty of discussion on that series Tonight and the Edmonton Oil Kings getting ready for the WHL Championship Series. That is against Seattle and uh, a weird format. Two games in Edmonton, then two games in Seattle, and then games five, six, and seven, if necessary, all back in Edmonton because the Seattle arena is being used for school graduations and they couldn't find another venue in their vicinity to host games. So if the series goes the distance, it'll be five home games for the Oil Kings and just two for their opponent. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit from Jake Neighbors from the Oil Kings later on tonight. Friday at 7 for the first two games in Edmonton. Friday at 7 at Rogers Place for the Oil Kings. Sunday at 4, Game 2. The Oilers are home Sunday and Monday. Man, what an incredible uh, stretch that's going to be at Rogers Place. Huge, huge hockey games to be played there. Of course, I am very happy to hear from you this evening. The uh, hotline is open at 780 496 0063. As always, it is powered by Certain the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certain Pro, all the way. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S, and you can send a good old fashioned email to Inside Sports at 630CHED.com. Okay, so the Oilers lost 8 6. Yet another high-scoring game in Game 1. They uh, lost 9-6 to Calgary in the first game of the second round. I I guess they were better defensively because uh, 8 is better than 9, but not nearly good enough to get the victory. Uh, Mike Smith pulled in the game just like he was in the first game against the Flames. Jay Woodcroft today asked about Smith's Game 1 performance. Yeah, I thought Mike Smith was excellent Uh, for us all playoffs long. um, Last night, I didn't think uh, we did much as a team to help him out in certain situations. Um, We'll determine Mike's status and Miko's status tomorrow. All right, so not committing to a starting goaltender. I'd be surprised if it wasn't Mike Smith, who has been the guy so far in the playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers and has played very well. And Woodcroft did say Smith is ready if called upon. Yeah, I think with Mike Smith, you know what you're getting. You talk about someone who's consistent in his process. Mike Smith uh, is a true professional. He's able to have a short memory on some things, and uh, you know he's going to work to be the best that he can be. All right, so here's the deal for Smith in the playoffs. Game one against the Los Angeles Kings. The Oilers lost. Smith's stats were not bad. He stopped 31 out of 35, and he uh, bounced back with a Game 2 shutout against the Kings, 30 saves. Game 1 against Calgary, he was pulled 6 5 into the game, and he allowed uh, three goals on 10 shots, came back in uh, Game 2 and stopped 37 out of 40 and got the victory. And then in Game 1, yet last night he plays 26-20, Allows six goals on 25 shots and uh, obviously gets pulled. Did I, do I think he played terrible last night? Uh, no, I don't. But, uh, you know, part of an all round kind of disappointing performance from the Oilers, especially early in this game. Okay, I think I got someone very special uh, on the line, I hope. And if it is this person, I'm very pleased that he has risen to the occasion. Is this Jason calling in from Colorado? Oh, I wish. No, sorry, Reed. Okay, I'm going to tell you why, Jason, because a guy named Jason on Twitter today posted the amount of times I've had to explain this to Edmonton fans and they still don't understand. It's baffling, discredits the entire fan base. And as you know, I don't interact a lot with people on Twitter, but I said, call into my show tonight and say that.
2: Oh, I see.
1: (laughs) And he said that he would do it, but uh, I kind of left it there because I'm not sure if I really need to waste my time with him beyond that well, so anyway it's uh, it's it's a local jason who i'm also happy to hear from what's on your mind
0: well reed it is though the offside call and i'm not gonna rehash a bunch of stuff in terms of you know i saw the video replays i've heard the rule explained to me uh the thing i guess i struggle with is the argument of whether or not it was possession so again like they say it's you don't have to have your stick physically on the puck for it to be considered possession. Now, the puck was moving in the same direction he was. He was the last player to have touched the puck. There was no other player anywhere around him that could have been challenging for possession at the time. And, and my extra argument to that, read, and again, that I'm very interested in kind of hearing if you have more opinion on it, but is the idea that if at that moment, Had there been an Euler in the vicinity, and had that oiler made contact with McCarr, do you think there is any chance at all that that would have been considered interference since, according to the offside ruling, McCarr didn't have possession of the puck at that time? Because, personally, I don't think there's any
1: chance. Right, yeah. No. Look, I, 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 Rob and I talked a lot about it last night. Uh, I, I will just sum it up this way because I, I don't want to reach the point where it seems like I'm I'm just whining about it because I, I sure. cover the Oilers. And, right. I'm, and look, I'm I'll admit, about I, it yeah. I, I, I admit <laughs> what's that? I said I'm the guy whining no, about it. No, you're, not, you're right. not whining about yeah. it. Like, as, a, as a sports fan, I, I do find <laughs> it interesting. I mean, usually it's football that provides us with these little really finicky rules that maybe we, we you know right. you see once every five years like on a fumble or you know on the the rules change in the last two minutes of a half or anything like that so I as a point. sports yeah. as a sports fan I do find it interesting and uh, I, I rarely puke out emotional stuff on Twitter but as soon as I saw the replay I said video replay has failed and, and this is I can't remember what I said but but I said it's a massive fail by the by the NHL. Uh, And then I realized, okay, they did have an explanation for it. So whatever. Here's how I'm going to sum it up. And I've sent this to several friends today talking about it. I said the letter of the law was enforced to the smallest detail, but any logical application would call that offside. That's how I sum up my thoughts.
0: Uh, Eloquently put, but actually, yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. You're right. Whether or not they were within the rules to call it an offside, there isn't anyone that plays the game thinking that's offside.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what happened was the Oilers challenged for Nakushkin's feet being over the line, right? With right, and that's what the linesmen were then looking for. And then in the process of that, the linesmen thought, like, "Oh, wait a minute, something else might be going on here." Um, so that's that's what I think happened is that okay. the linesmen missed Nakushkin being offside allowed the goal, the st- because if, if the linesman sees where Nakushkin is at full speed he blows that dead, he blows that right. dead, says he didn't get out in time
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and so yeah, the irony of it is, is, you're right, it was a missed call that then with the video replay and everybody getting involved and quickly flipping through the rule book, they found well, even though it was a missed call it was still by their argument, the right call so to speak, yeah
1: yeah. and I, I and I said this with Rob last night and and I think that as human beings sometimes we are guilty of confirmation bias. I also think think it happened on the Coleman goal last week, which I thought was going to be a goal. I right. think they see a skate hit the puck and think like oh oh and you keep looking and looking and looking and then you convince yourself he kicked it in and you can make right. an argument that he did but I, I to me that was an unusual outcome. And mm-hmm. I think the same thing happened last night. The linesman saw something and kept looking and looking and looking. And then we're like, well, it's not right on his tape. And, and, and you know, I know that, again, technically, if you break it down word by word, they, they, they got it right. right. Uh, it's a weird play. Most offside challenges don't involve a player tagging up. They involve two players, two teammates going in the same direction right. over right. the blue line. So yeah, I mean it's 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 a weird one. It's just again, add it to the playoff lore, I suppose. Yeah. So hopefully true uh, you know, the it wasn't a great game by Edmonton anyway.
0: Yeah. It I mean it's to the point now where the idea that an Oilers game is going to occur without something crazy happening, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, thanks street. Appreciate it, Jason. Yeah, that's yeah. uh I, I told myself before the show i wasn't going to talk about it a lot but i also do there'd be phone calls about it so if, if people do want to talk about it uh i'm happy to discuss or, or or whatever else but uh yeah just and i the first when when anything like that happens in a game and you look guys you probably know this or i hope you know this you can you can get the rule book online it's not something only teams have access to or only you know media have access to i mean even when I started covering the orders, we'd get a written copy of the rule book. Uh, now it's just, it's on the internet. Anybody, anybody can go look at it. So you, you break everything down point by point, point by point, and maybe they're going to clarify things. Uh, I don't often see the television intermissions because I'm, I'm doing stuff on, on the radio here and talking to Rob. Um, but I guess Elliot and the crew and, and Ron McLean had some other examples of similar plays that, that I wasn't familiar with. So again, Whatever, um, tough, tough situation for Edmonton. They, they, in my mind, they had one go their way against Calgary that I didn't think was going to. Last night they had one I thought they were going to win that didn't go their way. So, got to play better. Rangers have scored already. By the way, to go up one nothing in the Eastern Conference Final only takes them a minute eleven to go on the board. By the way, I'm picking the Rangers in seven in that series. We, I don't think uh, I we we didn't do picks on Oilers now. I'm not sure if Bob read them off. I did pick the Oilers in six because at this point, why not? If I'm a homer, I'm a homer. So what? We're all excited about it. <laughs> so I, I picked the Oilers to keep it going. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to check in, we'll hear more from Jay Woodcroft. Kelly Rudy is before seven o'clock. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. uh, I mentioned the Rangers with an early one. It was Chris Kreider with his ninth of the playoffs, having a great season, regular season and playoffs for the rangers a minute 11 into that game game's now four and a half minutes old one nothing rangers leading the lightning shots are one one so only shot went in for new york uh we have richard on the line kellen is that who we're going to yeah let's go to richard on the line richard okay richard thanks a lot for calling in what's up so i was just thinking about your comment
2: about how you said it was logical that it was an offside call to you um, I just wanted your opinion of how you would feel if the puck were dumped in deep. Does the uh, attacking team have to wait until it crosses the blue line in order to attack again? Because logic to me says that they should be able to attack as soon as everyone's on side,
1: And I think that that's what happened. Yeah, fair enough. And that's what the league decided, right? Yeah, they, the, yeah. The, the league said that it was the equivalent of a little dump-in that went two feet. And then Nakushkin tagged up and, and touched the puck. I think when you watch it at full speed, it appears that Makar is carrying the puck and Nakushkin hasn't vacated the zone. I agree. That's with what you. I'm saying.
2: It looks like it on the one angle. It looks like it's being carried. I'd agree with that.
1: Yeah, but it, but again, I, if if you break down the absolute letter of the law, uh, the NHL. Got it correctly, and and they say there's precedent for that in other calls throughout the season. It's it, like it's it's to me, Richard. It's a it's a highly unusual play, and maybe it needs to be clarified in the rule book a bit.
2: For me, I think it was an incredible play. Probably some luck, but McCarr an incredible defenseman, and the Oilers are just going to have to step it up.
1: <laughs> well, and I think that's a big part of the series to me. And I, I talked about this the last few days on the Faceoff Show last night on Inside Sports. I did a couple hits on other radio stations. And I think a lot of the series might come down to what McCarr does or doesn't do. Um, you know, yeah, McKinnon scored and Cadre scored and and scored, but but the Oilers still, you know, the Oilers big guys scored too. Uh, but McCarr had, I think, I think he had four points, but then they took one away, so he wound up with three. So, and the Oilers don't have a player like that. I mean, you could say McKinnon similar to McDavid. Landeskog and Drysaddle offset, or whatever. You know, you can go down the roster and kind of match forward for forward. I think, to some extent, like very generally. But there's no there's no McCarr type player on the Oilers, or quite frankly, on a lot of teams. So if the Oilers don't figure out a way to limit what he can do and maybe that involves trying to bang him as much as possible maybe that involves dumping the puck into a certain area of the ice so he can't get it or it's harder for him to get I think that's one of the the little battles that's going to make a huge difference in the series
2: I completely agree I think that the top guys in Colorado and the top guys in Edmonton are very similar in how they get their chances and they're going to get them so yeah there's going to just have to be more Bottom do, you have a, help
1: or. do you have a rooting interest in the series, Richard?
2: Um, uh, first, a fan fan, but I like I'm cheering for the Oilers. I want to see the Oilers do well. Yeah, I.
1: I. Okay, we lost them. We lost them. That's okay. No, I, I appreciate what what Richard was saying, and yeah, if it's if it's And I think this is where the debate comes down for that goal is that yes, if it's an obvious dump in and McCarr waits for Nakushkin to tag up and then goes and chases it, that, that happens a few times in a game. It's just like I was saying at full speed, it appears McCarr carried the puck in and his teammate was offside. And then when they slow it down and they say, well, actually it was a delayed offside and McCarr didn't touch the puck until his buddy was onside. So, you know, it happens. It's, it's a different type of play. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk the line here between discussing it as a, as a sports fan without trying to sound like, well, let's just all whine about it because the Oilers lost the game, because that is not why the Oilers lost the game. I do think it's interesting to discuss. I thought the Coleman play was interesting to discuss as as well. And in both cases, the NHL says, here's what we did, and here are the rules we're referring to. Now, I know many of you as sports fans or Oilers fans might still say, I don't buy that, or I don't think that should be the rule, which is fair. But... Uh, I mean, the NHL has has explained it. Uh, I, I think it involves more explanation than most rules, but sometimes rare things happen in games. Uh, Kelly Rudy will comment on that and a couple other things. You'll hear more from Jay Woodcroft and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins as well. Phone lines remain open on the Teed hotline, 780-496-0063. Thanks for checking out the show. It's Inside Sports on Ched, back after the news and weather.